I'm fine with demonetizing this video just so I can drop this banger from back in the day. Shout out to everybody that was in the chat yesterday. Getting back on that 2000s rap, hip-hop, and R&B tip. You bet your ass that I went back into the vault for my Spotify playlist to pull that back up. Just something about that time frame of rap and R&B that is tough to capture nowadays. You know what I mean? We won't get the... We won't get those uh, those those types of tracks from back in the day. Yeah, you know I mean, I see my guy Marcus Williams in the chat. He knows all about Young Jeezy. <laughs> he remembers the Soul Survivor track. No, but uh, yeah, shout out again to everybody that was in the chat yesterday, reminding me of those days. You know, nowadays for me, it's the Jake Coles, it's the weekends. The Kendrick Lamar's every now and then wasn't a big fan of the last album. Um, yeah, not 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 as much hype uh, for for music like I used to have back in the day. So it was a great trip down memory lane. Memory lane yesterday when I was uh, listening to all those tracks. So shout out to everybody uh, again for for bringing that up yesterday. Uh, but first. Uh, before we get into the live chat, I do want to share some thoughts in regards to the uh, that one judge, Seth Fuller, from UFC 277. Um, if you guys remember, he had that one scorecard for Dontel Mays winning round three against Hamdi Abdel Wahab. I did reach out to Seth to see if he'd be down to come on and talk about it a little bit more. Obviously, I stumbled upon this video about an hour ago, so I'm not expecting to get a, a response back in time. I will keep my eyes on my inbox to see if he gets back to me and if he wants to hop on real quick. But I would greatly plea with anybody to go back and watch the video that he just dropped. I'll drop it into the live chat comment section right now so you guys can go back and watch it if you like. Uh, let me just grab it here one sec. <clears throat> it, it's actually titled, I Clap Back at Joe Rogan, John Anik, and Daniel Cormier. Beautiful title there. <laughs> let me just copy the link here. I'll drop it into the live chat here for you guys. There you guys go. So pretty much... This guy, he judged his first ever MMA, uh, or at least, sorry, first ever UFC card at UFC 277. Let me just pull up his scorecard here. So uh, he had Dontel Mays winning rounds two and round three. It seems like the unanimous scorecard uh, for the media was 29-28 Abdel Wahab, which would be rounds one and three. And even on... Uh, MMA decisions on 77 fans submitted scorecards. Uh, 83% of people believe that Abdel Wahab deserved the nod in round three. Just to give you guys further clarification in regards to who this Rob Fuller guy is, like I said, it was his first UFC card that he had, had scored. Uh, he scored Kosi over Diamond. He scored 30-27 Edwards over Kim, which I thought, you know, could have gone either way there. Uh, and then he also scored 29-28 Alex Morono over Matthew Semmelsberger. Now, what he did in that video, first he outlined all the fallacies that the media likes to throw out there about the judges, right? One of them being these guys aren't experienced. They don't have enough seasoning. That's the issue. That is where, uh, you know, 
people seem to go wrong because they read what the media says, they believe it, and then they shit all over these judges. According to him, he's had about 14 years of experience with mixed martial arts and judging over the last 10 years. A lot of that actually taking place on the regional scene, uh, you know, for a lot of guys in that Texas area. Uh, you know, we do know there are a lot of Texas based promotions that have cards there, or even the LFAs that end up going down there, RFA that goes down there, or used to go down there before they turn into the LFA. Fury FC sometimes goes down to Texas. So there are a plethora of regional MMA shows happening that these guys are actually getting experience on. The fact that we've never heard about them before or heard these guys' names before is why we you know why we're like oh this guy's never judged a ufc fight why is he judging a pay-per-view how often does the ufc go to texas with anything other than a pay-per-view so i kind of understand their point of view to be like hey just because you haven't heard of us before doesn't mean that we haven't been judging it's not like they just picked us out and said hey this guy should be um this guy uh should, should judge the fights just because he's a part of the commission no these guys have legitimate experience Another guy I think that he brought up as an example in that was, uh, I believe it was Robert Alexander. I can't recall, but uh, a lot of people are shitting on him. A lot of people talking shit about him, saying that this guy has no MMA experience. This guy should be judging a fight. And then he pulls up a picture of Robert Alexander at UFC 5 with Kurt Metzger. The guy's been around the game for a long time. I could be wrong with the name. I, it was one of the judges, though. I think it was Robert Alexander that he was talking about. So the first fallacy he was trying to get out and, and actually trying to dispel was that these judges are inexperienced. Sure, they might be inexperienced at a high level, but on the regional scene, they're actually judging fights and and giving their takes and and actually getting experience, actually getting seasoned. So that was his first one. Then he goes into the actual fight. So he makes this compilation of round three of all the key moments that he believes are required to judge that round and to give an effective scorecard. Uh, actually, even before that, sorry, he shows us the criteria that the MMA judges actually give him um, to to judge a fight. And I'll quickly pull it up here. Just give me a sec. But this is one of the this is one of the documents that they share with these guys. Uh, let me just share my screen here. Share screen. Here we go. So this is from his video. Uh, we accept that MMA bouts shall be scored based on a comparative evaluation of each fighter, effective striking, grappling, effective aggressiveness, and then catering control, but never as a random or subjective blend of these evaluative Categories. When one fighter demonstrates even a slight advantage in effective striking and grappling, that fighter shall win that round without any regard for either fighter's aggressiveness or cage ring control. So one fighter demonstrates an advantage in effective striking grappling that nullifies effective aggressiveness and cage control. Another one of the things that he brought up here. Just, uh, this is this is the guy, Seth Fuller. Let me just, here. here's another one here. Let me see if I can even, no, I can't zoom in on the video. Uh, but just around here, so the first sentence is what he wanted to bring our attention to. Legal blows that have immediate or cumulative impact with the potential to contribute towards the end of the fight with the immediate, he even says, boldened and capitalized, immediate weighing in more heavily than the cumulative impact. So that's what he was trying to weigh in on there in regards to the whole, there we go, with the whole uh, Dontel Mays fight. So he goes on to show us that he sees Dontel Mays land a beautiful liver, liver kick at the beginning of the round. That to him is a fight-ending shot. Like he even says, we saw later in that card, a fight actually get ended due to a liver kick. So he rates that very heavily. And then after that is when Abdel Wahab gets the takedown. He gets the takedown and just throws pitter-patter shots. Nothing, you know, it's a cumulative effect. And he landed a lot on the ground, but it wasn't anything that was near fight ending. He did start to posture up and land some elbows, which the judge actually admitted and said, oh, okay, those are legitimate shots. Those have fight ending consequences or something that could work to the ending of a fight. Then the fight gets stood up around the one and a half minute mark of the, the, the round left, gets back up to their feet. And uh, Don Tomei starts landing even more significant blows, more kicks, you know, a uh, head kick, a um, couple strikes, 
all of them landing cleanly enough on Abdel Wahab to make it, you know, slightly even, maybe Abdel Wahab a little bit more ahead. Then about then he skips to about like 20 seconds left in the fight. And you see all these big shots land from Dontel Mays, especially at the ending of the round where he lands, I think it was like a left hook, right straight or something like that. Uh, a two-punch combination that lands clear as day, super effectively, and it looked to affect Abdel Wahab. He goes, that was a breaking point for me to be like, okay, Dontel Mays deserved to win this round because he landed the more significant fight-ending strikes. Strikes that have immediate repercussions to this fight possibly being stopped. Not cumulative damage, not those pirapara shots on the ground. These big shots could have ended the fight, especially with how well that they landed. He believed that they were very significant, and that pulled Dontel Mays apart from the the wrestling and the pitter-patter shots that Abdel Wahab was able to accumulatively uh, put together on the ground. And that's why he gave that round to Dontel Mays. So whether we agree or disagree with the fact that this guy scored that round for round uh, that round for Dontel Mays, that that to me doesn't matter uh, in what the scope of this video is. And it's the fact that this guy is actually willing to go out there and take ownership for the scorecards that he's provided. That's not something we see often, right? I think there was another judge, Ben Cartledge, who did a show with Sean Sheehan uh, of. Uh, you guys know him. He's the 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 Irish reporter, the big guy, right? Um, that's the only other time that I've seen a judge actually go out there and say something about it. Actually say something about the fight, uh, you know, how fights should be scored and all that stuff. So I wish we would see more judges come out and actually defend their scorecards, give a detailed breakdown like Seth Fuller just did in regards to why they scored a specific round for that guy. So... That's what I liked about it. I see his argument as to why he scored that round for Dontel Mays, right? Like one thing that we need to realize that, yes, okay, guys can get takedowns, but like if they're not landing enough from on top, what are they doing to end the fight? They're not doing anything to end the fight. They're just laying on top of their opponents compared to the strikes that are being eaten by uh, the other side, right? Even defending, we saw this. If you guys did the tape studying on Juliana Miller versus Claire Guthrie, the first fight, not the one on the Ultimate Fighter, but the first fight, you see Juliana Miller just constantly trying to go for takedowns, trying to push the pace in that aspect by eating shots on the back end. That one was more clear because Juliana Miller didn't land any takedowns or at least land enough takedowns and get enough top control to warrant what Abdel Wahab was able to get, right? That's what I... That's what I... um. That that's what I'm trying to compare to. So I kind of get the understanding in terms of Don Tommy's landed the more effective strikes, landed the more fight-ending intentions uh, of strikes compared to Abdel Wahab, who was just let's be honest, he was just trying to survive. Right? He was clearly gassed. He landed a takedown. He was trying to lay on top. Landed a decent amount of shots on top, but still not anything with fight-ending intentions. So that's what we have to remember when we talk about these judges and these guys suck. And and here's another one. This one's going to be a little bit of a contrarian take. But Mr. Everybody's Favorite Judge, Chisal Diamato. The guy that usually messes up fights, the guy that everybody loves to clown on. In 2022, now I'm getting this from MMA decisions. In 2022, he's been involved in one, two, three, four split decisions where he scored the fight for the other fighter. One of them... Two of them being ones where he had probably a solid case. Jin Yu Fry against Vanessa Delmopoulos. He was the only guy to score that fight for Fry, right? Let me open that up and see. Because I'm, from what I remember, all, all judges' scorecards except one had Fry winning that fight. Um, 146 scorecards submitted for fans on MMA decisions, 60% of them believing that Fry had won 29 28. Here's another one. Ketlin Vera versus Holly Holm. I scored that fight for Holly Holm. All but two media scores scored that fight for Holly Holm. Uh, almost 73% of 430 fan submitted votes had that fight scored for Holly Holm. Yet, Sal Diamato was the only guy with the actual correct scorecard there. Derek Cleary and Mike Bell are the ones that fucked that up, that got that wrong. Uh, Nikolai Negomariano against Kennedy and Zachuku. I thought Kennedy deserved to win that fight. 
he was the only one that thought Kennedy to deserve to win that fight. Sean Strickland against Jack Manson. That's the one that he fucked up, right? That's the one that he got a lot of shit on earlier this year. I think Eric Nixick even came out and started to call him out. But there's a lot that like he is not the guy that everybody's making him out to be. Everybody just makes the dog. Sal Sal Diamato, blah, 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 right? He's the guy. But like, let's look at it from a wider scope. Let's look at his strength of schedule. Like he's scored so many Bellator and UFC fights this year. And even the split decisions that he was on the other side of, he's calling correctly. So I'm not trying to be this white knight for, for Sal Diamato, but you know the narratives that are created because we hear one or two times that they get his fight wrong doesn't automatically mean that we should be like, oh my God, this guy's scoring the fight. Let's prepare ourselves for a bad scorecard. Adelaide Bird, maybe more. I'd have to look into her history a little bit more, but Sal Diamato, I, I kind of looked at it and I was like, hmm, we'll see. Maybe, maybe it's not as bad as people are making it out to be. So yeah, if you guys haven't watched the Seth Fuller one, I'd, uh, the video that I, I put into the live chat, make sure you guys go check that out. I think he makes a solid case. Again, I think more judges should do this. Is what it is. All right, let's see what the live chat is saying since this is what the show is all about. To the moon saying, God damn, I missed the live show again because the missus is late with dinner. Uh, you're hopping into the live chat. Or sorry, I guess that was 15 minutes before the show started. So I guess you're not here anymore. True, true shot. In the chat, Jason Comto saying uh, Austin Vanderford minus 190 versus Aaron Jeffrey plus 160. I lean with Vanderford there. Honestly, uh, I haven't done the tape myself, but I do lean him. I know Jeffrey is taking the fight on short notice. Uh, Vanderford, you know, he did get wrecked by Gegard Musasi last time around, but we can't uh, take away from the fact that he's actually a legitimate fighter. So Aaron Jeffrey seems to be turning a, a corner, getting better, but I still think that he has a lot of work to do. Um, Austin Vanderford should be able to grind him out in that spot. Drew Sparrow is saying, I think it's Dogger Pass, short notice for AJ, though. I agree. Uh, Mark is saying, shout out to DJM MMA LOTN. Jason Comto is saying, I think Vanderford should be like minus 300. Absolutely possible. He looks like that. Drew Sparrow is saying, PFL judging was awful last week. I don't recall the fights that were bad calls. If you want to let me know which ones they were. I'd be more than happy to give you my thoughts on them. I, although I did not watch PFL. Uh, I'll say that. Corey Ipo saying, Locke, would you take Vanderford sloppy seconds if you're talking about Paige Van Zandt? Absolutely. Leon Ness is saying, I like Pantoja this week. Pantoja? What do you mean Pantoja? <laughs> Are you still riding high? <laughs> Alex C is saying, uh, Texas will legalize next year. There you go. PG saying, yo, yo, nice call. And Jeff Manpre, you already know. I don't let people's... Thoughts and shit affect how I cap or predict fights. Think for yourself sometimes. <laughs> As my guy, best fight picks would say every now and then. Huey Hoopin saying, I got three mortgage payments on World Chick. Let's go, Lock. Uh, I hope not all three, but I do think she is a big spot tonight. Three Lev 88 saying, This may be one of the coolest perks of modern combat sports. A fight judge makes an account to vet his own work. Love this shit. Yes, more guys should do it. More guys should do it. Uh, Thomas Kane, Lupi, Vera, Lock, Parlay, what odds do you get on those two? Thomas Kane saying, does Lupi, Vera, Parlay get you even money? Maybe. Um, but I wouldn't say Vera is locked by any means. Thomas Kane saying, Sean V, can you give me odds on Vera? <laughs> I'm sure you can look it up yourself as well, Mr. Thomas G. Sean V in the chat, appreciate you stopping by. Sean V! We had this discussion in the comment section. Hope you come in with some love this week and not just detracting from all my plays. Hey, I think you were one of the big guns on the uh, the Sente Luque side last week. Give me some love for that. Give me some love for that. Tom Brady saying, got my life savings on silver. Let's go, baby. Oof. Good luck, my friend. Is Loopy really a lock? I'd, I'd still wait till if I did a tap on that one at those odds. Uh, I think Loopy cruises pretty easily here, honestly. By the way, in regards to my breakdowns for UFC San Diego, I will be doing the MMA Lawcast later this evening, uh, sometime either between 10 p.m. and 11 p.m. Uh, just got a couple more fights that I got to get through. So make sure you guys come through tonight for the channel. After the Contender Series wraps up, um, either 10 p.m. or 11 p.m., I'll be doing this UFC San Diego breakdown show. So come through for that. Thomas Evans saying, what's up, Sean? I love that probably going to make small plays all week. Uh, 
Thomas Kane's going to have a parlay of Silva, Lupi, and Vera. I like those first two. I'll say that. Uh, Corey Yupo saying Dante and Dante sucks. Let's talk about Azamet. <laughs> Paizo DFS, shout out to my guy here saying, I disagree, Locke. Uh, he's doing this for a self-serving purpose to repair his reputation under the guise of having a conversation about it. He's basically stroking his ego to say, this is why I was right. Hmm. He even mentions how his rep has been tarnished, which I do think is unfair, but let's not sugarcoat why he posted the video. Um, the, the kind of narrative that I got from him was that, like, apparently judges aren't supposed to do that. Judges are not supposed to go out there and talk about their scorecards. And... I know it's strongly discouraged, but you gotta, you gotta hand it to him for being able to go out there and actually put himself on the spot like that and and critique his own work. It could be a self-serving purpose to repair his to to repair his reputation. That's uh, absolutely true. But like, if you're getting called out for something that you can speak on, might as well speak on it. And that's what he did. So whether it was to repair his reputation or to try to get people to understand why he scored it for round uh, that round for uh, downtown maze. At least he did it right. It's much better than guys just sitting back and just going to the next event and not even talking about it. True shot saying the commissions don't want them talking to the media. I never understood that. Pajo saying it also shows that these judges are not on the same page, which is a problem. Saudi metal is one of the main trainer of judges too. It's funny that you just brought up Sal and I, I did not even see your comment in regards to this. When I actually went out there and just, Somewhat defended Saudi Amato, right? Again, let's look through his track record. Go to MMADecisions.com. Search up Saudi Amato. You can see every fight he's ever judged since years ago. Go back and see how many scorecards he was actually off on. I think it's just being exaggerated because, you know, he had one that was just like super off. I think he's more consistent than some of these other guys. Let's be honest. Especially with the ones that, you know, he was on the opposite side of the split decision on. Mr. Always Prophet saying, I mean, two judges gave Santos round three and I gave Hill round three. All Santos did was control Hill, doubled him up, and landed more damage. Um, two judges gave Santos round three and one gave Hill round three. Hill doubled him up and landed more damage. Yeah, again, it. I do think that this is um, the first part of Paizo's comment is, is correct here. It also shows that these judges are not on the same page. Like, these judges should be judged the same. Thomas Kane saying, why not five judges? That just makes it more complicated, in my opinion. Judges just are not on the same page, it seems like. Like, I don't understand why judges need to be cage side to begin with. Just put them in a room in the back. Leave them alone in there. No audio, nothing. They just watch the fight, and they submit their card at the end of every round. They don't get influenced by the, the crowd. Um... You know, they get the best angle, usually on cameras, the best angle that you can absolutely get. Sometimes they're sitting in front of posts, so they have to, like, be looking around the post, which never makes sense to me. That's how they should do it. Jeff K is saying, I've always thought uh, Adelaide and Junichiro were the worst, but they all make some awful decisions sometimes. Junichiro is another one that's uh, a little bit sketchy too, right? But there, were, there was a good card a couple weeks ago where I was like, he's actually given the correct scorecards for this one. Camillo, in my opinion, should get more flack than Saudi model. Vikendra saying Holly didn't win. I thought Holly won. I thought Holly deserved to get that win there. I think a lot of people did as well. True Shot saying Bell and Clear used this guy's corner scoring method, though. Interesting. True Shot saying she did more damage. Holly home was all the control. I bet home. I'd have to watch that fight back again, but I remember the widespread narrative being home deserved to win that fight. Jeff K, he might actually just he might just actually be corrupt and uh, not inept. Interesting. Think about it. We have the same officials from the corrupt sport of boxing. Most of them, yes. And, and here's another mis misconception. Actually, Texas, you know, Texas. Oh, watch out for Texas. They have bad judges. This was the first event in a while that I remember them actually having a lot of new judges or new judges to the UFC. But like they use the same judges as Nevada does. And Nevada uses the same judges as California does. California uses the same judges as, you know, uh, New York per se. 
there might be uh, exceptions every now and then, but for the most part, they use the same guys. Even when they go to Fight Island, they bring the same guys. So, 311 saying uh, nothing is locked unless it's locked. There you go. True shot saying I judge uh, one judge sees a fight from one side of the cage. They're not seeing what we see. Uh, they do have monitors in front of them, though. So, there you go. If they're at a bad angle, they can just look down at the screen. West Coast saying uh, all people want is an explanation. I agree. Absolutely agree. Thomas Kane saying, how about any fight without a finish gets its own category? You either win by decision. Or you, sorry, you either win by finish or it's a draw. That's how much you can't stand these judges. That's like the old school days, right? Uh, I don't know if we can get away with that. Paizo DFS saying the first 14 minutes of Seth's videos was fine. I was thinking maybe I'll see this guy's perspective, but the last half of him is saying a team kick was significant. I missed flying me in a couple body shots. Um, it, it, I get what you're saying. It, it, it seems to come down to like what people judge as being a significant strike, right? Like, I, I'm going to be honest. One thing that I'll uh, highly recommend people to go back and watch is the Charles Johnson versus Muhammad Wakaya fight. Now, I'm not saying Charles Johnson deserved to win that decision. That's not my point at all. But what I want to put your attention to is that first round where Makayev is struggling to get Johnson to the ground and there's a lot of these moments where Makayev has kind of has his back up against the cage, uh, has Charles Johnson uh, up against the cage while he has his back um, and, and has one hook in. And what Charles is doing to defend is he's holding on to one arm to ensure that uh, Makayev doesn't jump on and try to get a rear naked choke going. And with the other arm, his elbow, he's just landing big, like hard strikes, hard elbows to the to the thigh to the to the thigh that's actually hooked on Charles's leg, he's landing big elbows there, and they don't count even one of those as a significant strike. In terms of significant strikes for Charles Johnson that round, he went one of four. What are you talking about? Those elbows are significant strikes. Those elbows cause Mohammed Wakayev discomfort and causes him to eventually let go of that hook, and it happens throughout the fight. So that, like, that's an example to me of that should be caused. That should be seen as a significant strike. Maybe not fight ending, but as a as a definition of a significant strike. Something that causes damage. Something that causes the other fighter to react. That's where I think the significant strike thing is is a little bit weird. That statistic again. This is not at all to make a case that Charles Johnson won the fight. He didn't. He lost that fight. Very simple. It's just how you're scoring or or how you're counting significant strikes versus total strikes. I think I just went on a bit of a different tangent there. <laughs> Three Lev Triple uh, Eight saying, "Can we discuss Dana White contender series tonight?" Absolutely. Um, just to let you know, he's saying eleven eight. Or sorry, his name is Elevate. Yes, sorry. I should have just knew that. I apologize. Sometimes people like to get wacky with their usernames. I get it. I get it. I get it. Get numbers in there and all that stuff. Um, in terms of the contender series fight, I actually have a half an hour podcast that I dropped on Friday, breaking down the fights in total. You're welcome to ask any questions in regards to that in this chat. I'll be happy to answer it. But if you want a full card breakdown, go onto my channel and uh, you'll see it on Friday that I dropped the, the full card breakdown where I talk about every single fight, give my prediction and what I would potentially bet if I were to bet it. So check that out. Paz was saying he kind of ignored Abdel Wahab's strikes on the feet. It seemed to me, sorry for so much spam on the subject, just fired up because I hate when people are, are disingenuous with their intentions, and I believe he is. Uh, I, I don't think he was disingenuous with his intentions. I I credit him for being able to go out there and actually um, uh, try to defend his position, something that we just don't see from judges. Now, if this is something that we usually see from judges, then maybe I get it, but we don't see from judges. And I think it's important that we actually try to have this conversation and see what they were thinking. Chicken dinner in the chat. Appreciate you stopping by. PG saying I wasn't on either side of Luke versus Jeff, but Jeff did look minus 200 in hindsight. Nice dog shot. There's another plus 200-ish dog this weekend that could look the same. Just saying. Mr. Always Profit saying glad we both profited last week. I went 4 and 2 plus 3.41. 3.51. We were on opposite on a lot, but only went head to head on Edgar and Neil. Great call, Neil. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Anthony's saying, I think Lovato is going to catch the upset. Wow. I'd be surprised if she does, personally. 
John Casing locks big on Carpenter Wojcik. Uh, let's let's taper down big. You know what I mean? I always preface every contender series breakdown I do, every contender series article that I write. It's the contender series. I hate the way that it's stipulated. Right? You need a highlight reel finish to get the uh, get Dana White's eyes so that you can get it. Um, a contract and Brandon Marshall or what's his name? Uh, whatever Marshall, the guy last week that won by decision, he didn't get a finish, but he still got a contract, but he's going for the infinity the entire time. What I'm trying to say is they might cause fighters, excuse me, to fight, not like themselves. Shannon Ross, you know what I mean? What if we went out there and actually had takedowns? And we have to give some credit to Salvador as well in terms of making it difficult for Shannon Ross to get in on takedowns. But would he have been more happy with trying to take a grapple-heavy approach? And even heavier grapple-heavy approach should not have been the contender series. And I will say this. I did say that uh, Shannon Ross was probably the flimsiest uh, favorite on that card. Tonight's flimsiest favorite, in my opinion, could end up being Jamal Pogues. I think his cardio is very suspect, but there's just not enough liable or legitimate data. There's the fucking piece of dust flying around here. Um, there, there's not enough legitimate data, data to be completely sold on the Hanato side as well. And again, in terms of big on uh, Carpenter Wojcik, I'm going 1.17 units at minus 117 on that, on that parlay. I will never go more than two units on a contender series fight. So be very wary. Elevate saying some really tight matches on that contender series card. There are Silva by sub. Interesting. <laughs> uh, John K saying easiest, in my opinion, is to take the under for the other two fights. And Carpo Chick, it's greasy by my uh, in my opinion, better. I would love to see, actually, let's see if they released it because I haven't seen it myself yet. But the under one and a half for Anvar versus Eric Silva. Wow, it's up to minus 200 now. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. That fight's going to be violence. I might have to make a little bit of a bet on that. PG saying thanks to our being out of Egger. I had a clean sweep. Saw the night up five to six units. Nice. Love to hear. Lance Mansfield saying Rob Alexander scored rocks versus O'Neal for rocks. Yes. I, I do remember that one. He also had Jared Vandero over Andre Lasky, which was a sketchy one. John K saying in the distance is minus 800 for both. That's crazy. True shot saying, but it's just so easy to say F and sell. Yeah, it is. Jeff K, maybe he's generally, uh, maybe he's a generally competent judge who occasionally gets paid off by the mob. <laughs> maybe. Jewish better saying, Bo Nickel by sub plus 240. Interesting. Not a bad look there. He should have some ground dominance. John K saying, uh, read Dana White contender series besides Wojcik. Do you think any fight goes the distance tonight? Seems like. The best play. Um, other fights that could go the decision. Carpenter Chiras could go to a decision. If Carpenter does take a grab out of your approach and he's not able to get him out of there, but I think he actually gets him out of there. Uh, I think there's a, a quick finish in the Anvar fight. I think, uh, you know, either Pogues finish Hanato early or Hanato finishes him late. And then Bo, got to believe, he, he finishes him. He's at minus 3,300. That's fucking nuts. Absolutely nuts. Jake saying, what do you think about Bo Nickel under 0.5 for plus 195? Worth a shot at plus money. If it was chalk, I would say no. But at plus money, I, I do think he runs through this kid. Not to mention the kid did miss uh, miss weight this morning. Or yesterday morning, sorry. Mr. Always Prophet said, felt Vegas had it right in the beginning with Bo Nickel Silva minus 140. So I had to take her at dog odds. There you go. Paizo saying him and Chris Lee are terrible in my eyes. Uh, might have to check. I do give Seth credit for Rio putting out the video, but at the end of the day, what does this vid achieve? Conversation gets buried by next card. Yeah, that that's the thing with judging, and that's the thing with eye pokes, and that's the thing with you know all these constant themes within MMA. We we get we get rough and rowdy about it for Monday, Tuesday, maybe even Wednesday, but then our eyes set to the next card, and we just completely forget about it. We don't get the we don't get the resolutions that we're hoping for. Fletcher Cox in the chat, appreciate you stopping by. Huey Hoopin saying top of the Ricci fight week soon. First way in I'm gonna watch since the last fight. There you go. Aaron, what up, Locke? What did I miss? Just go back and watch. <laughs> What's the parlay? I need a big one tonight. Personally, uh, not a big play for me, but I'm gonna go with Wojcik and Carpenter. 
John K saying Aaron didn't write contrary. It's hard to get a, a big score. Just take the small W's. Exactly. That's the best way to take it. Uh, Vikendra saying, yeah, Makayev didn't do anything. Uh, Aaron saying, yeah, I've been running hot. Daniel considers PFL into UFC trying to keep it going. Good luck, my friend. Keep that heat going. Corey Yupo saying, yeah, those were some nasty elbows. Were they not? Like, they were hard. And he was doing it throughout the fight. Those should be counted as significant strikes. Juice Barrett saying, competitor inside the distance should be solid tonight. I don't mind that. Aaron saying, significant strike is any strike from distance, apparently. Uh, I think that is incorrect. Is that? Yeah, exactly. Corey Yipo saying so GMP isn't considered significant strikes. It should be. Mr. Always Profit saying it's hard, though. I've been to many live events since they started doing events with fans, and sometimes you hear see the impact and damage more clearly live on TV and vice versa. TV is the best way to watch a fight. You know, if you want to go to the fights, you're going for the atmosphere. Best way to watch a fight is on TV. Pazzo saying, read Charles Johnson. I agree a lot. Cumulative shots like that should count. They should. But again, those those those, those strikes about the Charles Johnson elbows, those are more damaging than the pitter-patter shots of Abdullah Wahab from on top. <laughs> Elevate saying, uh, thanks. I had no idea. We'd love to see how your take matches up with mine. Appreciate you, brother. No, no problem, my friend. Make sure you check them out. Drop a like on that video as well if you haven't already. John K saying, uh, read the Dana White Contender Series plays. Fair enough. Big is relative term. Yeah, exactly. Just be careful about saying big. I don't want people thinking it's like a lock of the night play by any means, but it is the, the spot that I'd feel most confident about, but still not willing to put a shit ton of money behind it. Jacksonville Zoe in the chat. What is up, Lock? A lot of widespreads on the UFC SD. I... I see that, my man. I, I see that. I already have a play on one of those wide spreads on the underdog. Uh, looking to make another big underdog play as well. Seems like that price tag is starting to get better. A couple underdogs that I'm that I'm pretty intrigued by. Again, I will be breaking down the card in full later this evening, probably at 11 o'clock or 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So make sure you guys come back to the channel to hear my thoughts on them. But yes, I I have some pretty hot takes Considering some of these wide lines. Mr. Always Profit saying, I like Woj today. I think she has huge grappling advantage and her opponent doesn't like getting hit. Like Carpenter, I think he's a J, but will he wrestle enough? He should wrestle enough. Because if he's watched any tape on this Edgar guy, he would be best served to go out there and get this fight to the ground rather than looking to strike with him. You'll stay competitive in the striking, don't get me wrong, but you're playing with fire by keeping this in the guy's realm, which is the striking realm. Bravdini in the chat saying, what up, Lock? When are you going to have Bleed on? A little throwback to the old Ultimate Post weigh-in show. Uh, it's been a while since I hit up Bleed, but uh, I have nothing but love for the guy. Um, I'll, I'll I'll try to fit him into the schedule. Uh, I appreciate the suggestion, but I'd love to fit him into the schedule. Love the guy. Jacksonville so, so, so saying, I like Vera over Cruz. I think Cruz is starting to show his age from, from watching his last three fights. I am on the other side of that one, my friend. I don't think he's starting to show his age. I think he is showing that he can still compete at a high level. Showing that his durability is still solid, right? He could get hit, but he still fights through it, comes back, and looks better than ever in the following rounds, like in that Pedro Munoz fight. Those odds are whack, in my opinion. Absolutely whack. One of the bantamweight goats as a near 2-1 to one underdog against a guy in Marlon Vera, who's, you know, Whatever. Again, people might say that I have a bias towards uh, Vera, like a dislike for him for some reason. Could be that. But no way am I betting Vera as a minus 220, minus 240 favorite over Dominic motherfucking Cruz. Y'all forgot? Did y'all forget about Jeff Neal next, last week? Y'all forgetting about Dominic Cruz as well? Ah, I can't wait to get fired up on my podcast tonight about that matchup. Cole has big balls saying Aldo versus Murat prediction. Uh, early prediction. Haven't studied it yet. Would uh, be Jose Aldo. Mr. Always Prophet saying thoughts on my guy. Sweet dreams performance. Lots of people trashing him. I was perf impressed by his performance. What I was impressed by was his ability to take adversity and come back and still win. Right. Thiago Santos took a grapple heavy approach that night. Showed that, you know, when you stray from your usual game plan, it's a lot more taxing on your cardio. And we saw him really slow down later in that fight, which is why Jamal Hill was able to get him out of there. I think people are shitting on him because, like, if he gets matched up with the Glover Teixeiras or if he gets matched up with the Magomed on Kalives, 
people are seeing the possible uh, flaws in Jamal Hill's game because he struggled with the takedowns of Tiago Santos, who's not known to be a takedown guy. So I will applaud him for battling through that and coming back and still winning. But like, I've never been super high on Jamal Hill as most people are. So I can't really trash him as I'm, you know, he's starting to continue to fill in the picture that I have of him, which is he's a good fighter, top 10 guy. I don't know if he'll be able to capture the title though. Corey Yipo saying, do you have Clark or Azamat this Saturday? I am leaning on the Clark side, but I have to run the tape on that one still. I think a lot of people are low on Azamat because of that last performance against Tafan and Chukwi, but we have to remember that Tafan is a completely different beast than, than what Devin Clark is. Is Clark going to go out there and out-wrestle Azamat? Again, I, from what I remember of the Tafan fight, Tafan outstruck Azamat. I got to go back and watch it myself, but like if this, this comes down to a wrestling war and Clark can't get him down, Azamat might be the faster guy on the feet, better cardio, might be able to land that big knockout blow and get him out of there. So maybe I lean Azamat. I don't know. <laughs> let me let me tape that fight, and you guys will know uh, when I do my show this weekend. Corey Yipo saying Azamat's last fight scared me, but he showed he's always dangerous at least. Exactly. We can't get sucked into the what have you done for me lately narrative, right? I will harp on this as many times as I see it come up, and I feel like it's coming up here where we're forgetting why Azamat was the favorite in the Tafan and Chugui fight. May he may have gotten exposed, but Tafan is a completely different stylistic matchup than what Devin Clark brings to the table. Juice Better is saying, I respect you, Locke. I'm a mark for contender series. Can't resist. By all means, if you have an edge there, go for it. I will never try to uh, call anybody off of it. The Stub Lord. Sup, peeps. Appreciate you stopping by, my friend. Uh, Cole has big balls saying, Who has the highest ceiling on this card in the UFC outside of Bo Nickel? I'd say Clayton Carpenter. I really think Clayton Carpenter could make some noise in this uh, uh, in the UFC. Like when I first started taping him, I think the first fight I saw of his was when he was already two and zero, or became two and zero. But the guy looked like he already had it all. He had the wrestling, he had the striking, he had all the makings of being a legitimate fighter. And I think he could actually have some make some noise inside the UFC. Just resting Carpenter, no question. I agree. Jacksonville is always saying, Cole, can I choose none of them? I only see Bo doing well in the UFC someday. Uh, Car Carpenter is good, man. Carpenter is good. Jamie Tran saying, is Diamond versus Chandler going to happen at UFC 281 in uh, New York? I believe it's set. I believe that fight is already set, and I think they're making a five-rounder as well. Uh, Huey saying, you got any PFL bets this weekend? This card leads right into the UFC card this week on ESPN. I do not. Uh, let me look at the card. Um, again, with, with no tape studying. Crazy that uh, Roy McDonald is a plus 250 underdog, but he has not looked like himself since coming to the PFL. Dennis Goldsov, usually a good chalky spot to just throw into a parlay. Uh, anti Delia, possibly, right? We see Hen and Ferreira can be outgrinded, and Delia can absolutely out outgrind him. So maybe a underdog shot on Delia is not bad. Carlos Leal upset uh, Ray Cooper his, his last fight. Now he's a slight favorite against Sabaduce. Maybe that's a a good spot. Yeah, those are the only spots. Bellator. Let me just quickly look over here as well. Naming Grayson minus one eighty against Gaiotti. Uh, I, I I kind of understand that. Yamauchi might be live there. Um, Josh Hill, minus 190, usually reliable. Don't understand why Deanna Bennett is minus 230, although this is a rematch. I have to go back and see what happened in that fight. Um, then we got a lot of these... Um, these highly touted college wrestlers on the on the undercard Sullivan Coley minus 900 Isaiah Hawkett minus 800 Bailey Schoenfeld minus 1200 crazy crazy lines but yeah no official PFL action for me my friend Cole has big ball is saying what are your top three MMA promotions outside of the UFC uh gotta be PFL Bellator and I guess one one championship would be big Cody Vaughn saying hard to screen wins early 
Okay. Yo, saying, damn, I just got on the stream and I hear Cheeto blasphemy. Cheeto TKO. Sorry, Locke. I love you. We don't always have to be on the same side. We'll see how it turns out. Jacksonville is also saying, Locke, I agree the odds are whack, but I like Cheeto. Uh, I like Vera to win the fight. It should be a good fight. We shall see. We shall see. Again, I, I can get as heated as I need to on my Lawcast show that I'm going to do tonight. So if anybody wants to debate the uh, the Vera and Cruz fight, we can talk about it tonight. Juice Better saying, Jamal probably didn't expect a wrestle heavy approach. Easier to defend when you know it's coming. I, f- I feel, I, didn't he say he thought Tiago Santos was going to come with a grapple heavy approach? Mr. Always Prophet saying, uh, let me counter-argue, though. Go ahead. Magomed has no power and isn't dangerous like Santos, so the striking won't look like that. I disagree that Magomed has no power. The guy has knocked out a couple guys in the UFC. The guy, stri- the guy is a big, big puzzle to solve when it comes to the striking. You could probably overwhelm him with, with pace and with pace and output like Nikita tried doing early in the fight, but it didn't work out for him. But... Uh, let's see. Knockouts. Iwan Kutilaba, October of 2020. Um, Dalcha front kick to the face, November of 2019. Archin Prakno, head kick and knockout, November of 2018. And Marcin, we thought he was shinny. The guy's taking big shots and coming forward now. Uh, punches, October of 2017 against Celso Ricardo da Silva. Wagner Prado knocked him out in first round back in 2017. He has, I, I absolutely disagree that he doesn't have knockout power. Maxine Grisham finished him in the fourth round of a fight. And how many times has Maxine Grisham been finished by knockout? Let's see here. What is that, 41? One sec, guys. In 43 professional fights, Maxime Grisham has only been knocked out three times. So yeah, I already disagree with the the no knockout power. He is dangerous on the feet. He is much more complete than Tiago Santos. Drew Spare saying respect to Santos for that game plan. Gotta gotta switch it up, especially when things are not going your way. Mr. Always Prophet saying I was taping that fight before I hopped on here. I think it might be by a low spot on Azmat. Clark gets rocked every fight. Bingo. Bingo, bingo, bingo. You're gonna do any Bellator PFL this week? I am not. Contender Series and UFC have my uh, entire focus. Corey Gipo saying four likes. Come on, guy. Come on, guys. This is guys the boat. Uh, this guy is the goat. You're telling me at 45 minutes into this live stream, we only have four likes. Is that true? Is that true? I'm saying 22 now, so better than the four. <laughs> I appreciate Corey Gipo, uh putting the putting the fire on you guys' asses. Paizo DFS saying, read recency bias. You are 100% right on not getting caught up in it. I've went back on my topology and and seen lots of wrong picks purely because of X guy looked like shit last time. Got to throw that out. Exactly. Unless you start to get like a a trend, like a solid sample size of this guy starting to fall off or this guy starting to decline, there's no reason to quickly flip-flop on a guy, right? Who's uh, Jeff Neal? Perfect example, right? Jeff Neal. Two-fight losing streak to two very difficult matchups. People throw him out, and they completely forget everything that got him to that point, that got him to the Wonder Boy main event. We see it every week. You just got to know when to pick it out. Aaron's saying Bellator is kind of weak, and that's by my standards. There you go. Uh, I mean, this week I enjoy Bellator usually. Paizo saying, read recency bias. I had Sam Alvey over Terman for that reason, and it looks horrible looking back. Thankfully, did not bet it, which is what matters but if you like that where I'm like, damn, I shouldn't have. Being able to spot that is the first step in being able to fix that. So now fix it moving forward. <laughs> West Coast saying, I don't see how Cruz wins. Uh, again, he has stepped into the cage a total of 27 times and has come out victorious 24 times. You should be able to see how he wins fights. Or how he should be able to win this fight. Uh, okay, one more thing I'll add about this fight, right? Everybody's all goo-goo and gaga about uh, Marlon Vera beating Rob Font the way that he did. The guy almost got 
more than doubled, double outstruck in that fight in terms of the output that um, Rob Font was throwing on him. But it was obviously the big shots that he landed, hurted Rob Font on numerous occasions. Great. Like when you have to depend on hurting your opponent to have success, you, you like paying minus 230 on that, it's going to be very tough, in my opinion. The mistakes that Rob Font made in that fight was that he was too stationary in front of Chito Vera in certain spots, right? He was waiting to see, okay, can I counter this? Boom, before you know it, you're hit, you're hurt, you lose the round. Even if you outstruck him by fucking 60 strikes that round, whatever it is. Dominic Cruz doesn't do that. The one time Dominic Cruz got caught by Pedro Munoz in that last fight was Pedro Munoz threw a, a, threw a just an ill-advised shot, and it just so happened to be where Dominic Cruz ended up being. If Chito Vera can figure out the footwork, the head movement, and that movement alone of Dominic Cruz, then he'll win this fight. I don't think he'll be able to. I don't think he'll be able to figure it out. Cardio-wise, sure, Chito Vera gets stronger as fights go on, but Dominic Cruz has shown nothing of him ever slowing down in fights. So don't get caught up in the, you know, the beatdown that uh, Chito Vera put on Rob Font. This is a completely different matchup. This is Dominic Cruz still showing that he can go out there and implement his eight-figure footwork that he has made so famous. His durability has still uh, stood up, right? Again, I'll be talking more about this on the MMA Lockcast later tonight. Make sure you guys hop in for that, and we can talk about this fight. But uh, again, the Cruz slander is just insane to me. Insane. One of the greatest bantamweights of all time. Only losses to Henry Cejudo. Uh, the best version of Cody Garbrandt we've ever seen and Uriah Faber way back in the day. And I'll say this, the Casey Kenny fight should not have been a split decision. Uh, I don't know what that one judge was smoking, but Dominic Cruz won that fight. Hands down. Check the MMA decisions. All in favor of Dominic Cruz there. Gunny saying not true. He definitely said he knew Santos was going to wrestle. Yes. Jacksonville, so got to say, got to love Bellator three fights. They're minus 900. Typical, exactly. Usually it's more than three fights. Usually it's a lot more than that. Corey Yipo saying, hopefully Krilov can get that back against Mago. I doubt it. Mago Matt is just another side of things. Jacksonville, Zoe saying, West Coast, the way Cruz wins is footwork. Punch and get on his bike. He has no interest in being in the pocket with Vera. Exactly. He has never been in the business of trading in the pocket with anybody. That's how he wins fights. Gunny said, somebody last week said Usman didn't have KO power. It looks like Hulk, by the way. People don't know what they're talking about. Yes. Oh, we got some spam in the chat. I apologize. Uh, Kendra saying, remember what Azamat did to Iwan Kutilaba? I think you're talking about Magomedov. Azamat has not fought Iwan Kutilaba. At least I don't think he has. Burns or Neil, if they make that fight without tape study, of course, uh, I'd lean Neil. I would still lean Neil. Especially if you're giving me underdog odds, I'll take Neil. I like Burns, but Neil has great takedown defense. And people might hate me for saying this, but I think that Burns' run was uh, very much, you know, right place, right time kind of type of thing for him. Like, if you guys remember... He took the fight on a, uh, against Alexei Kunchenko on short notice up a weight class, found success there, won that fight, beat Gunnar Nelson, beat an old Damian Maya, beat Tyron Woodley, who just fucking sucks, right? Let's be honest, 2020 version of Tyron Woodley sucks. Loses to Kamaru Usman. I fucking mortgaged the house on Kamaru Usman there, won that fight. Um, the the Wonderboy Thompson fight, I'll give him credit for that one. Got the takedowns, right? A lot of people thought Thompson had the good enough takedown defense to keep that fight standing. He didn't. Gilbert Burns, I worked him there. Good win from Burns. Um, and then uh, Hamza Chimaev, you know, tough fight. I got to watch that one back. I never got to watch that one properly, but loses that fight. I think Jeff Neal, again, if he can keep this fight upright, should be able to give uh, Gilbert Burns too much trouble on the feet. Thompson fought Bilal Muhammad. Yeah, they fought it last time at Lewis versus Dawkins. Okay. I'm not sure why I couldn't remember that fight. Jacksonville so saying, even Locke is the awesome dating bot. Yo, they're everywhere. They are fucking everywhere. <laughs> 
Aaron saying my fingers to fat on top of OG. I picked Patty by sub, but it was on Levitt by sub. Oh, wow. John K, okay, Lock, now you've, you've officially on fire when the porn bots start looking you up. Hey, they know what's up. <laughs> Gunny saying, bro, cruise wins. I don't know what y'all thinking. Let them let keep driving up the price, bro. Let them keep driving up the price. Vikendra saying Dom slowed down against Kenny. Did he? I don't think he did. Uh, I think he won that round clearly on all judges' scorecards as well. Yeah, he won that round on all judges' scorecards. Even uh, even fan scoring, 94% scored that for Dominic Cruz. I think what you're getting at is that, okay, if they had to go another two rounds, maybe you would have slowed down and lost, but it's different in terms of preparing for three rounds versus preparing for five rounds. And he has a wealth of experience at five rounds. I have no doubt that he'll be good to go for uh, rounds four and five should they get there, which I think they will. Uh, Aaron Singh signing bad. Christian Mingle has a jokes. Getting saying people think Cruz is too old and that's where they're going wrong. Uh, he's 37, right? So he's up there. Don't get me wrong. He's up there. But from the performances that we've been seeing as of late, I think he can still go out there and do what Dominic Cruz does. West Coast saying, I'm a big fan of both, but I think his time has come. We shall see. Aaron saying, Cruz's best moves are his footwork, and he has lost his step, so it's not looking good. It, has he lost his step? <laughs> I don't think he lost his step. Getting hit by Pedro Munoz. Okay, like, you will never always be perfect, right? Obviously, he's going to slow down ever so slightly, but, like, Sure, he got hit by a big shot, but he showed that he can still come back and go out there and get back to his bread and butter, use his footwork, and still win fights. That's what won in that fight. Gunny saying, bro, not to mention the Suhudo fight was controversial as fuck. Um, yes, but even losing to Suhudo. Big whoop, it's fucking Henry Suhudo. Corey saying, uh, Cruz has not lost his stuff. Exactly. The, the best part about breaking down fights and, and seeing the live chat and seeing comments and all that type of stuff is like uh, the, the, the takes that are completely against your own take. And again, I don't want to, uh, to shit on Aaron. Aaron, you're a phenomenal supporter of the show. You're a big supporter of the channel and content. I, I greatly appreciate that. What I'm trying to say is like the reason MMA betting and the reason people love uh, fighting so much is we can look at the same thing and see two uh, completely different things. It comes down to who can see the more right things more often than not. So you might be focusing in on a certain thing where I'm like, eh, we don't need to focus on that certain thing as much because blah, blah, blah is why that one thing is not going to matter anymore. See what I'm getting at? The main thing I want to push whenever we have these conversations and whenever we have these arguments and debates and all that is doing it in a silver manner. We don't need to call each other names. We don't need to shit on the other guy. Let's just talk about the fight. That's it. Uh, let's see. The Kendra saying he has fought E1 outside the UFC. Okay. Uh, again, that's why I have to do the tape study still on that fight. Let me see here. Azamat. Iwan Kutilaba. Azamat has not fought Iwan Kutilaba. Do you mean Gucho in a sense or Andre Munez? But no, Azamat has not fought Iwan Kutilaba. Jacksonville Zoe saying, Neil struggles with the fighters that can hit and move like Wonderboy. He looked great against Luke because Luke is always right in front of you the whole fight. Yes, and people overlook that because Luke historically throws more strikes than Jeff Neal. But they fail to see that, you know, and that's why I'm a little bit skeptical about statistics in MMA, which sometimes makes sense, sometimes don't. But like every single matchup is a different matchup. Fighter A is not going fight to fight you the same as Fighter B, right? The Black Irish Shaman saying, how much money would I have to put up for you to risk a finger? I am never risking my fingers. I love my fingers too much. <laughs> Cole has a big ball saying, Bruno Silva percentage of winning this weekend. Um, I think I already put it down here. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Give me a second. I put him at 75%. 
My only thing that gets uh, that gets a little bit iffy in the Bruno Silva fight is if he gets taken down. He can be taken down. And we know Jeremy Mirashard is obviously the much better Brazilian jiu-jitsu player, but I think that Bruno Silva starches him early in this fight. It's just I don't like having a fuck ton of money on a guy that is at a detriment in a certain part of the fight. And what I mean by that is like in the ground game, Jeremy Mirashard, number five, uh, all time in the UFC in terms of amount of submissions. We know what his game is. He's big enough to eventually get the fight there, but he's just too slow and he gets hit too easily. That's why I'm a little bit, you know, uh, that's why I get the Silva side. That's why I get he's a big number, but should Gerald Mearshart somehow end up on top of him, things could get sketchy. The fight that I'll always go back and tell people to look uh, to to kind of prove that is Mark Hunt against Alexei Olenek. Everybody and the mother was like, Mark Hunt's going to go out there and get the finish. Mark Hunt's going to knock this guy out. There's no way Alexei Olenek ends up getting his grappling going against Mark Hunt. He gets his grappling going against Mark Hunt. It, 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 it happens. It absolutely happens. Similar spot here. Obviously, I trust Bruno Silva more than I trust Mark Hunt. But still, very much reliant on that KO is Bruno Silva. John K saying, it's crazy that fight is over four and a half for minus 200 and Cruz is a big dog. Yeah, the, the odds are more in favor of Chito Vera winning a decision than Dominic Cruz. Pazzo DFS saying, do you think they will make the Ian Gary versus battle fight? And if so, who would you take in that fight? I'd still take Barayan Battle, honestly. I, I love his style. Um, in terms of odds, like, I probably wouldn't pay more than minus 180 on, on Battle in that fight. I'm assuming Battle would be the underdog, but I'd probably take Battle there. John K saying, I can see Vera being more likely to finish, but if you think it's a decision, Cruz, much better chance. I agree. All right, we're pretty much at that one hour mark here, so I'm just going to take these last couple questions and I'll get out of here. Um, and then again, remember, I'll be back at 10 p.m. or 11 p.m., uh, depending on how much of my studying I actually get done in pre preparation for that uh, stream. But I will be going live again tonight to break down UFC San Diego. Oh, you already caught that. Don't tap Cal McGregor saying, as the line gets wider, you have to take a shot on the season vet legend and former champion. Even at the line as is, is a steal, guys. Even at the line as is, is a steal. Corey Yipo saying, they have the flyweight Bruno Silva versus Mishra on the ESPN app. That's hilarious. Gunny saying, yeah I, know, yeah, I know his age is up there, but I'm saying performance-wise, he's not too old. He can still compete and move fluidly. I agree. Vikendra saying Chito will get chin one day like Luke. He will. Probably not this weekend, though. Jordan Shep saying, how in the F is Aljo a favorite over Dillashaw? TJ has a lead wrestling, including defensively. It's all about if Aljo can get to those spots that he got against um, Pierre Yan, right? If he gets the back, he can ride that back for a while. So Dillashaw is an underdog. Not a bad spot. Really not a bad spot. Mr. Always Prophet saying, I was on Luke, but he never had an iron chin. Uh, he never had an iron chin. He was close to being finished multiple times. Wonder Boy almost got him out of there as well. Yeah, I remember having a little bit on Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy by KO that night. Um, iron chin, I think people are saying that because he had never been finished by KO that until that night. That's what it is. McKendra saying maybe it was a Samba match. Probably. Now he's saying Aljo beats Dillashaw, in my opinion. Interesting. Uh, don't tap saying he's going to get pieced up. Uh, Jacksonville Zoe saying, I have to choose Silva. One of my faults is that I just cannot get the GM3 Hamza fight out of my mind. Yes. Nick Peppierd saying, a lot of people on Vera Cruz has never lost a non-title fight in the UFC. Say it with your chest, Nick. Remind these folks. Aaron saying, Cruz legs going to get going to be hamburger and GM3 is the definition of an uh, average UFC fighter. Cruz went up against a much Harder leg kicker in Pedro Munoz in his last fight. Did a good job in terms of stopping the brunt of the, the shots from Pedro Munoz to the leg. Checking a lot of them and not being there to get kicked. All right. Olajuwon Dream, I see you. No worries, my friend. Again, we're here Monday through Thursday, 4 p.m. to 5 or Yeah, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern. So even if you miss one, there's tomorrow. Don't worry. All right, appreciate every single one of you. Make sure you guys hit that like on the way out. Always love chopping it up with you. And the fact, the thing that I love the most is we we get the usuals in here. We get the guys that are always in here on a daily basis. And then we have a couple new guys or newer people trickle in every now and then. I'm hoping to 
keep those people that continue to trickle in the new guys and we continue to grow this um uh community every fucking day so i love you guys you guys are awesome uh i'll be back tonight for the mma lockcast so make sure you guys tune in for that we can talk very cruise all you want on that uh, and i'll continue to drop my knowledge on the cruise side of things uh and yes appreciate everybody saying what up all right hit that like and subscribe on the way out and hopefully i can catch you guys tonight on the mma lockcast all right uh peace out and good luck on contender series uh war clayton carpenter and carolina Wojcik. that's where my action is tonight all right guys peace out and good luck tonight